Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Funbox Monster Podcast. I'm Tristan. I am Matt Awkward. And we are talking about Slumber, Slumber Party, Party Massacre, Massacre 2. 2. This is, without a doubt, the most what-the-fuck movie of my lifetime, certainly. Like, it's up there. In, in, my, in my experience of like renting movies as a kid when I was looking for these movies, nothing compares to my abject confusion and just I, I had and, no idea what I was looking at and I'm sure all of our listeners out there have seen this movie know about this movie of we're, course we're, we're not lighting a light on, on something exactly. unheard of here but, of course but this is a movie both of us love to death um, yeah. it's, it's a movie that I remember renting from the video store when I was 16 and when I first found it and looking at the cover and seeing this crazy guitar drill amazing and, and, and thinking to myself like that can't be. That can't be real. That can't be part of this, that can't, right? That but... can't actually be in this thing. This is like one of those shitty covers that doesn't actually pay off. It does. It really does. Uh, it legitimately is what what you're seeing. Um, yeah, I, I, like you said, anybody that would listen to this podcast has seen this, this insane movie. movie. But sometimes you just gotta pay tribute to the best. Absolutely, and that was kind of what this was about. Was like, I, we have to talk about it. I mean, it's the yep. elephant in the room as far as like just. I wish I was really hoping that I was going to go do some deep research and I was going to find all sorts of crazy shit. I was going to come back with this like Long let me with the fun let me explain to you yep. what the fuck happened with this crazy movie. I went out, I searched my damnedest and I was like uh they just made a nutso movie. Yeah. I did find out that I want to say Shout Factory put out a Blu-ray with all three of them and has the uncut version which has never been on oh video before. God. So which means there's more to this that I haven't seen from a movie I've seen a hundred times before. I would love to check yeah, that out. Me too. I also don't know yeah. if that has commentary or anything for because I also did like a search for a director's interview, like maybe like yeah. People keep yeah. doing like I kept finding like I found like forty different articles about it, and they were all like, "Look, it's got a crazy rockabilly guy," and yeah. it was like, "It's like shit." Why that's... did you even bother writing this fucking article, dudes? <laughs> yeah, we're just here to talk about the crazy rockabilly. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> just pack it up now and watch the fucking movie again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, um, I mean, okay, here I because I actually wrote a list of questions. So studious. Because I was really. Confused. I it never it never occurred to me before, but now I'm just like, okay, why Rockabilly is my number one question. Mm -hmm. Why wasn't he a metal guy? Yep. Uh, second, what is he? Uh, again, a pretty a pretty big one. Yeah, we have. No, I would what love the origin of this he? guy. <laughs> I would love an origin. And for for anybody out there that hasn't seen this, the killer of this movie is a ghost. Maybe. Who comes into the real world. He's rockabilly. He's like Elvis meets Andrew Dice Clay with this giant guitar with a drill on it. And sometimes before killing people, he dances around and sings a song. Yep. Uh, he sings like rockabilly songs. Does like Matt. Like he's clearly a song and dance man. Yep. He is. Uh, the, my other question is, okay, so why is he killing? Who is he? And is what this is he? and is this just like some sort of like uh, ridiculously personal fear that the screenwriter had of John Travolta from Greece, <laughs> where like she grew up and she was like, ah, I'm having conflicted feelings about like young girl issues with him. I don't know. My feelings are so confused. And now I think that he's a murderer, yeah. which is all of these things. Now are you're true. giving me more questions. And answers. <laughs> all right. Let's just talk through it. Um, and maybe we can answer some of these insane questions yeah. that I had, uh, which I mean, honestly, for a screenwriter, 
These are some real basic yeah. questions. And when this, you have this a- is a call-in show, so if anybody out there also has questions, uh, feel free to feel free to ring. <laughs> I wish. Um, okay, so we start off, and uh, we're all very excited to see the Concord logo come up. <laughs> it always thrills me. Um, but uh, cameras panning over a sleeping lady. Yep. Music's and all tranquil. And it's all peaceful. It's very peaceful. <laughs> and then. It's revealed that it's the chick from Wings. Oh my God! It's the chick from Wings. Holy crap! I I thought uh, this was hilarious because I've seen this movie so many times. I never realized that was a chick from Wings until I was looking this up for this oh, podcast yeah, here, and I was just like, "Holy shit! That is a chick from Wings." And granted, because, I, I have not actually watched Wings since Wings was right, actually on, either. but uh, I do remember seeing it a bunch back in the day. And we saw we were uh, we watched that movie the other time that I was convinced uh, D- Demon Warp was convinced that one of those people was from Wings. And then I was and like, oh, right, it's not. So there <laughs> well, you go. This one is from Wings. But this one really is. <laughs> and so it's revealed that she's having sexy dreams about the football player, Matt. <laughs> I love that. I love the uh, smiling <clears throat> slow-mo Matt in the dreams. Oh, my God. Like, he looks straight out of a gay porno. It's great. Uh, the, it turns <laughs> it turns straight into a nightmare about the previous movie, question mark? Yeah. Um, so she is it's a very loosely based sequel, right? But but very much it is established at some point in this movie that she is the survivor of the first slumber party massacre. She and Valerie yep. are the two survivors. Valerie is in a mental institution, and she is out in the world. Yes, and she is she was twelve years old, according to this movie. Well, wasn't it's been so long since I saw the first one. Was she even in it with the first movie? Or? No, no, the not act- the act, not the actress. I know, but the character. Yes, like, she I want to say there was. She, she absolutely was. Did she have anything to do with killing the killer? I thought she, she did. Was she's the she, one that she, she's not the one that killed the killer. I think the one in the mental institution killed. Yes. Her. Uh, uh, Courtney was like curled up in a ball and like in fetal position and crazy, and the killer was like after her, and then I think she okay. jumped out of a pool and stabbed him in the back or something. I have the it has time. been I think, a long think, time since I've yeah, seen it. Yeah, me too. I think I'm going to watch that today. <clears throat> Although, you know, for fun fact, maybe interrupt right here before we even get started. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first movie is what's crazy. Um, the first movie was written by Rita Mae Brown. Yes. Famous feminist, feminist author, like legit brilliant author. Mm-hmm. And she wrote this as a send up of horror movies. It was supposed to be a, a legitimate like parody and then they kind and of... And then Corman was like, no, let's just make this a normal Yeah, movie. exactly. And so they just <laughs> fucked everything up. And they were like, ah, titties, woohoo! And, uh, and she was like, oh boy, I really should take an Alan Smithy on this. Yeah. But she didn't. Um, and it <laughs> and it was direct... The original one was directed by uh, Amy Holden Jones, who directed Mystic Pizza. Oh, crazy. Which is also super weird. All of these Summer Party Massacres are written and directed by women. Yes. Another it fun is the, fact. the only yep. all-female uh, directed and written series. Uh, horror series. Very cool. Okay. So uh, so we we smash cut into this, uh, this breakfast thing where it's just like 50s breakfast montage or a 50s breakfast situation with the mom. Yes. With uh, who was... Um, I forgot her name, but also... Veronica's mom and Heather's. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Cool. And she was also in a couple episodes of Wings. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Uh, That's that's also pretty cool. And so... Not really. (laughs) Who cares? Everybody loves Wings. I love Wings. I remember people really liking Wings back in the day. Um, So... 
the uh, she, so her mom is is giving the exposition that she's like, we oh, gotta go. The doctor says that it's perfectly normal for you to have these these visions and blah blah blah. She explains that she's traumatized from the events of the fr- the former movie, which is hilarious because like this is such <laughs> expositional dialogue. Like, oh yeah, if she's been having these dreams all the time. Do you think this is the first time <laughs> the doctors have been like, the doctor said this? Oh, yes. thanks, mom. Never heard that one yet. That's the, <laughs> that's the newest thing. Yeah, exactly. Of course. Um, you told me that yesterday and the day before. This is how we process trauma. <laughs> um, so yeah. So, but also explains that her sister is in the mental institution, yep. and blah blah blah. So, she she finishes breakfast and then instantly after that again goes up to her room and speaking of expositional like pointlessness, yeah. she just for no reason right now goes up and looks at her photo album and is like. I want to see that Maniac Attacks Teens <laughs> clip again. Yeah, that little that clipping little... <laughs> of uh, teen girls kill killer. Yeah, so that was... Yep, I still did that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, still did that. All right, time to go to school. <laughs> and so she goes off to school in her high-waisted, acid-blasted, <laughs> suspendered pants. Uh, like, she has she has 86 fashion, like, crazy. Oh, yeah. Um, she's picked up by her friend after she sees a dead dove. Yeah, she's a pigeon. She's just staring yep. at a dead pigeon on the ground. Yep. Just stares. The I love the dialogue there, it too. It was good. So her friend, uh, Courtney, picks her up. And uh, she's like, what were you staring at? A dead pigeon. You're so weird. You're so weird. <laughs> boop, boop, boop. Yep. yep. Then so. the greatest song in the world comes on. I wanna be a Tokyo convertible. I wanna have fun with you. Uh, they look so ashamed. I just love going through the motions. Just love going through the motions. Uh, I, the problem is, this stupid song gets stuck in my head every time I watch this movie. Yeah, it'll yeah. be there for like, along with uh, let's buzz, buzz. let's buzz. buzz. Yeah, I'm gonna have both those stupid ditties in my head. Yeah, uh, there are two bad songs that stick in your head after watching this movie. Um, so she puts makeup on in the car because to explain further that her mom doesn't want her growing up. Yep. Which, which leads to the central metaphor of this whole thing. This is a this is a coming of age metaphor. There's a lot about of, going all the way. There's a shit ton of symbolism for for both like sex stuff and for you know the driller killer himself is a giant phallus thing and blah blah blah. You've got lots of blood. You've got blood in a bed. You've got blood in a bathtub. Menstrual images. You know, Damn. loss of virginity images. Like all this stuff is very. Like it's just laden with these like I just picked up on the going all the way yeah. this time, not not all that stuff. There's a lot of like really huh, overbearing coming of age imagery, like pimples, <clears throat> like like pimples. Well, <laughs> pimples were one of them. Um, and so Matt, the sexy football guy, pulls, pulls up, up next to him <laughs> on like a two lane. Tiny road. Yeah, they are like 100% blocking all the traffic. Uh, and they set up a date for band practice. Eek. Oh my goodness. Their band's going to practice. In a garage. Come see it. It's a lot of fun. What's your band called? We never find out. That's such this a is, bummer. This is just like um, Rock and Roll's Hard Rock Zombies. Didn't they never say the name in that too? Was that yeah, the one we watched? That's that true. We... But however, come on. Like these guys, their band is kind of superfluous to the plot. Whereas Hard Rock Zombies, not knowing the name of that fucking band, was unforgivable. Yes. I can totally forgive it in this. I would way rather have it have a name. I still want to know their names. I mean, the songs were all by Wednesday. Wednesday week or week Wednesday or something. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> but yeah, they... Uh, 
So they, <laughs> one listener, one member from Wednesday Weeks will sing to us. Like, oh, <laughs> unsubscribe. <laughs> oh my As he God. puts on the soundtrack to this. Like, <laughs> vinyl. I'm going to relive it. That's so sad. Um, so they go to they go to their band practice here, and they do a bad limp sync of. Some oh other. my Christ! It's so hilarious watching them pretend to play those instruments. That drummer was pissing me off. Yeah, <laughs> drummer was straight up pissing me I off. I know a few things she about was, drums, but she was trying so fucking hard. Oh yeah, they all were. But I love it. I mean, it's so they're miming the music is so awful, but it's it just. Is. Uh, this movie is definitely one of those super fun time capsules where yeah. just just looking at the girls and the clothes and like the smiles oh. and the and it just it just totally has that the feels. hairspray oh yeah it totally oh, has man. the feels of that carefree time yeah. period where it's so fun to watch them just pretend to do yeah, this song exactly that sounds like a professional studio recording with like all <laughs> reverb backing vocals and everything coming out of their garage uh, can you imagine. Can you imagine just opening your garage door and being like, hey, time for my band to practice in this neighborhood? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the police would pull up 32 seconds later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nope, they're too good. All the neighbors love it. They don't call. That's true. Uh, yeah, so it sounds a lot like the Go-Go's. It sounds like kind of a rejected Go-Go song. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Matt shows up in his convertible <laughs> looking cool. He hops out, runs around to the front, and then just like kind of sits against the bumper like smiling. And this is another this is another thing about this movie and the, the all-female thing that's going on. There's a lot of really cool stuff going on with the camera work and with the way that the male characters are portrayed. This movie doesn't pass the back the Bechdel test backwards. Like the Bechdel test being uh, a feminist term, uh, Alice Be- Alison Bechdel, uh, okay. cartoonist. She, if if two, uh, as long as two female characters are talking about something that doesn't involve the males in the movie, mm-hmm. then you you've passed the Bechdel test, basically. Okay. Um, and in this, the men never talk about anything that doesn't include the women. They're only huh. talking about the journey of the women in this movie. Yep. And when they're practicing, they're doing the typical like groupy girl thing where like the the boy band is playing and like the girls are yeah. just hanging back and it's like their girlfriends slacking. It's it's a real it's a total reversal of like huh. really typical typical movie trope stuff. So I thought that was cool. Yep. Like a lot of that. And the camera angles were like I don't know about this. This was fascinating. I originally was like, oh, yeah, they're just kind of doing it from ladies' perspective. So, like, the camera looks like he was, like, talking to her mm-hmm. when when, he, when they go up back. Yep. It's like, oh, like, the camera is right in his face like you're her. And so gotcha. he's talking directly to you. And I was like, that's weird. But then it happens again with the mom. So it's just like a camera thing that she's into. She does this like confessional camera Hmm. shit where it's like people talking like their faces like right in the camera (laughs) talking directly at you. It's it's kind of unsettling and weird, but uh, but it's cool. Like a lot of the things in this movie, it's unsettling, but very cool. I'm just trying to remember how the song in the garage went. It was bad. It was really bad. Unsubscribe. <laughs> so they smooch out back and they do that weird thing where the, the camera's in his face. Yeah. Um, and then she uh, tells him about the weekend getaway here, right? Yes. Yes. And so they're going to try to meet up at this condo. Uh, Sheila's dad's condo that they haven't moved into yet, but have a bunch of stuff in. And her pervert brother goes there to play with a blow up 
doll. And also isn't a fucking condo. It's a house, but whatever. Oh, it looked like a condo development being built. You think like, so? Yeah, it was a cool setting because they go... It looked like tract housing to me, but... Yeah, it was kind of like that, but that could also be like a condo development. Ah, okay. I suppose, yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah um, it was a neat... I like the neat set piece there of... Especially in the end getaway chase where oh, they run through... So cool. Run through the out of their completed house and run through frames of houses being built. That was yeah, neat. It's good stuff. Um, this is this is a weird transition that happens here. This this next thing, this is like they do this fade like it fades to black here, yep. and then fades back in on her pushing the mushy meat, shit meat on her plate. <laughs> yeah, just like really gross brown. And she's just very stuff. off at dinner with her mom. It's like the and most depressing, like oh yeah. sad, quiet dinner with the two of them not wanting to talk to each other. No. And she's Ugh. nervous because she wants to go to Sheila's parents' condo for the weekend and, and knows that she's supposed to go see her uh, crazy sister and also knows that it's her birthday mm-hmm. and knows that her mom's not going to probably let her go to that yep. party. So she's kind of approaching that yep. uh, cautiously. Yes. And so she, 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 breaches, she breaches the subject a little, a little bit at, at dinner. And then after dinner, she smashes a plate on the ground and uses that as the icebreaker to be like... Yeah. <laughs> It's my birthday. It's my birthday. And I don't want to spend it at a mental institution. (laughs) And her mom's like, oh, I forgot it was your birthday. Well, how about we have your friends come (laughs) here? I just told you all my friends were going here. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Her mom is like straight up catatonic. Yep. Like she is not, she is not of this world anymore. (laughs) Um, But her mom does, does allow her to go. So we can have a movie. And now we can finally have a movie. Another part of this movie, too, just to not get too far ahead of ourselves, it's a very unique structure for a slasher movie because it's about 50 minutes into this movie before we even yeah. we, before we even get a kill. Like, it's not like somebody's getting picked off. It's, you know, usually slasher movies, you get that first victim off the bat as the <clears> hook, <throat> then you get, like, another incendiary character, like the hitchhiker in Friday. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, sure. and, then, and then we start killing off the main. Nobody dies or gets hurt. Uh, I mean, cr- some crazy shit does happen, but, like, nobody gets killed right. until 50 minutes, and then everybody just goes, pew, 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 drops, like, flies fast. Yeah, and this movie is short. And it works, yes. It's, it's about 77 minutes long, which, yeah. which, for this kind of movie, in my mind, is perfect. Exactly. It's this is super the, fun, this flat, is fast This exactly trip. how yep. fast you want this movie to go. Uh, yeah, no, like editing and pacing of this movie. It's perfect. Perfect. Um, there's there's maybe too many hallucination scenes for my taste, but I, the problem is you need but those hallucinations. are they hallucinations? Well, they, they all are up until, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because nobody is dead from any of them. Unle- but, well, mm. yeah, but unless... He's talking to her, or they're, oh, I guess, I guess oh, they're, they're premonitions. They're not, yes, or he's causing them. So they're not like right. she's not tripping. He, she's actually seeing these things caused by <clears throat> whoever this, whatever this thing is. Right. I mean, clearly, what's her name's face didn't explode in a giant no. sit. So that Ooh, was there's something about that scene that bothers me as much as I love it. <laughs> I can't wait. Okay, so, uh, so this was this is the nightmare. Yes. Uh, she's she's up late talking, talking to, to Matt talking on the phone. to sexy football Matt. Get off the phone, the mom says. We've all been there. Yes, and then uh, then she switches to her having a nightmare about her sister in the insane asylum, mm-hmm. and she's hiding underneath the bed, and she and it's interspersed with rockabilly guy's feet, <laughs> and also like <laughs> stupid the solos, guitar solos, and then uh, her sister says, "Don't go all the way," while hiding under the bed. Yeah. And then he says, 
rock and roll never dies, baby. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> like her her line makes sense. Yeah, His is just like. I'm saying stuff. Okay. <laughs> he's like fucking Chester Cheetah, just sort of showing up. He's like, I don't know. It's not easy being cheesy. Good night, everybody. I'm Johnny Bravo. You're a mass murderer for the eve. Um, yeah. So, so we get all the we get like a, a fast montage of all the all the metaphors that are all the the yep. virginity losing metaphors the the bed blood the the bath blood all these like menstruations slash whatever metaphors. And uh, she sees her friend being killed outside the car. She wakes up in the car. That was Valerie. Yes. Yep. And her she sister. sees her yep. sister being killed. And then hallucination. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, so now we're on, we're on the trip. I mean, yeah. that, that was her waking up. We started the road trip when she woke up from that. Yeah, that was, yes. Yeah. Yes, correct. So we get to the house. We do. And, uh. They go in. They go in and they find a blow up doll in yes. the upstairs bed. And the and the and the and Sheila, the the girl whose house it is, she's just like, oh, that's just my pervert brother who came up here again. So we just assume that like your brother comes up here, fucks a blow up doll, okay. and just leaves. So uh, here's here's my favorite part of all this. So this is my pervert brother. He left his sex doll yep. that he's been fucking. And they let's just, all go let's play all with touch it. it. Let's all just put our mouths on it. And and when she's talking about it, she's pulling the sheet down on it too, like the whole time, almost getting to the crotch on it. It's weird. Then when the other girl touches the mouth, it's like, oh, guys, the mouth. like, guys, you, you realize what this is. Right? <laughs> <laughs> another another line of dialogue that was odd was um, later that night they break into the champagne. She's like, you know how some parents have a wine cellar. My dad has a booze, booze closet. closet. <laughs> uh, so they get champagne out and. One of the girls is like, isn't your dad going to notice all this champagne? She's like, I'm just going to blame it on my pervert brother. Isn't the pervert brother just going to be like, no, I didn't drink your champagne, dad. That but seems the- like a really bad plan. <laughs> I think with the amount of booze that he had there, I think the dad might just kind of go with the flow on a lot of stuff. Probably not the fact that the living room's going to smell like booze with feathers all over it after Th- that day. <laughs> that was just, that was legitimate, like... Are you, were you in like a 70s rock band? What the fuck is going yep. on there? Like legitimately trashing that room. Yes. And <laughs> just uh, pick it out in corn dogs and cheese whiz. Cheese. <laughs> but yeah, that dance came out of nowhere. It was just like pop the cork and like, oh, hey, I'm going to dance and take my shirt off. And yep. Concord. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> it was. You rented a Concord film. <laughs> You're going to get boobs. You're going to get boobs. And those yeah. are the only boobs that we get for the whole movie, actually. Yeah. And the other girl, uh, Amy there, is actually a play, a Playboy playmate. Amy, Amy, Amy. She's the, the guitar last, player. The second to second last, to last uh, Second to last girl. Right. She's, she was actually a former Playboy playmate who actually stipulated in her contract for this movie that there was a no nudity clause. That's bizarre. Yeah. That's bizarre that a Playboy playmate would sign on for a movie called Slumber Party Slumber Massacre, Party 2, Massacre 2, 2, produced by Roger Corman on New Concord and, Pictures, and be like, no boobs. That's that's fascinating. I, uh, I mean, more power to her. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm glad that she got it. I mean, I don't, you know, you want to think that everybody who's on these things is like on board for their boobs. Uh, yep. And it does seem like a movie that would be. All I mean, boobsies. obviously. Like, yeah. But then again. Female director, yep. writer, you know, she's like, hey, you don't want to do it. Don't do it. Yep. Which I think is totally cool. Yep. Um, so. Still want more boob scenes. Yeah, fair. <laughs> oh, my God. Here it is. 
Here's where we're introduced to this fucking Adam Devine fucking valley boy douchebag. TJ. I, I want to see die the second he <laughs> yeah, shows up. I'm TJ. Hey, what? Oh, uh, hey, guys. Oh, what? Seemed to be into it last night. Uh. Seemed to be into it last night. He sounds and looks like fucking Adam Devine. It makes me nuts. Who is Adam Devine? Uh, he's the guy that looks just like Jack Black. Okay. And basically replaces Jack Black whenever a studio can't afford Jack Black. So I think he does the voice for Kung Fu Panda now. He's from Workaholics. He was on like, eh. You wouldn't know him because no. you don't like crap. No. Well, I do. I, mean, you, I like Because you crap. like good crap. <laughs> good and old crap. You wouldn't know him because you don't like modern things. Okay. Um, but yes, he's he's, he's kind of all over the place. <laughs> okay. And he is... I'm glad I don't know him. Yeah. He's kind of... He's a, like TJ. A bit of a plague. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so... Uh, right so, now Adam Devine's like, oh, uh, unsubscribe. unsubscribe. <laughs> God damn it. Why do we have all these famous people listening to our podcast? It's great. It. We keep offending all of them. Shit. We can't afford to lose any more people. Uh, oh my God. Okay, so the boy... These two boys show up to to see them like reenacting a beer commercial from. They're the just 80s. dancing, yeah, nudie dancing, or one's nudie dancing. They're they're splashing champagne everywhere. They're blowing up feather pillows that's Jesus. sticking to them. Uh, they have trashed their dad's house completely. Cheese whiz fight. Yeah, it is it is disgusting. And so these guys just watch this from the windows because that's what these guys would do. And they're and like, I can't believe this is really what happened. Uh, did we die and go to heaven? Uh. Uh, so then they go in and they do what. Every guy's does in these fucking movies. They'll introduce their presence by scaring them. Yep. Uh, and, and they also showed up a day early. They weren't supposed to be there. That This was supposed yep. to be the all-girls night, and they were going to come tomorrow. They yep. came early because they're douchebag guys. They ruined it. Uh, and so one of them pretends he's got stabbed, and he falls over while TJ jumps out and grabs his girlfriend. Yep. And, uh, because they didn't lock the back door. And also, this, this raises one of the few very... Very few problems I have with this mu- mm-hmm. this movie. How could anyone not know about her? Like, they they basically posit... About her past? only Matt knows because he knew somebody's family. Yeah. And, like, nobody else seems to know this story well, except for the one girl she talks to. Do they not know it, though? Or, well, uh, or, are, or these are guys they just not bringing it up? Or are these or, guys such douchebags oh, that they literally, oh, like, run yeah. into a room and they're like, Hey, remember that trauma you had when you were 12 and you watched a bunch of people murdered? Let's reenact it in yeah. front of you. Whoa. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't even think of that. Um... Like, yeah, so I wasn't sure if the people that around her didn't know this, or they if they possibly mm. might have not known it because it, not, it feels like it's not like you bring up your friend's trauma all the time. Like, hey, we're growing, and our friend Courtney's coming. Hey, by the way, Courtney actually actually killed a mass murderer one night uh, after a bunch of her friends got killed. So we'll see you this I, Saturday. I guess that's true. I guess maybe in Southern California, you've got more of a a disparate bunch of people. Where like, if somebody in my high school, if if there were somebody like when I was a freshman mm-hmm. that was a senior. That, I don't know, that crashed his car and somebody died in it. Yep. We would all know. We would all oh, have yeah. been like, oh, it's that guy. It's that guy. Let He's alone the person who survives a fucking slumber party massacre. Yep. I mean, people would know about that shit. It's possible they didn't, though. Yeah, it is. I can. I suppose I can I can imagine a world where that's But possible. later on with the pool scene and everything, TJ is such a, a dip fuck that it's very possible that. Oh, my God. Yeah. He is. He sucks God. so much. And he lives Far too long. He lives far too Especially long. Especially because nobody dies until 50 minutes. 
<laughs> I would have been okay if he was. He just wasn't even in the movie for the first half hour. Introduced, and, we should be and he he accidentally yeah. <laughs> falls down the stairs and dies. And they're just like, guys, let's just keep the party going, and we'll just tuck him in a closet or something. Sucked anyway. No, it's fine. <laughs> so okay, um, they crash the party. Uh, TJ goes and bones Shiva, his girlfriend yep. there, uh, who has a house. Um, Matt and <clears throat> Courtney there go their way and talk. Yes. Um, yeah, this is, this is the, uh, is this where he, she has that first, the first hallucination with him? Yes. Where she's like, okay, so she's in bed with him Mm -hmm. and then she's like, he turns into the driller killer and then he says, she's like, you killed Valerie. Yeah. And he's like, I'm done with her. I had Valerie. I'm tired of Valerie. Yeah. I just want to make love to you. So, which raises a question. Uh, is he a reincarnation of the first oh, driller dude, killer? This like, this is, is one of those things that you can just fall down a rabbit hole on. This they, We've got so little information to work with here. But he mentions that he's the one that did away with Valerie, or didn't kill her, but... But why? maybe killed her in the mental home. We don't know. Uh, I mean, sure. Or where or how. Uh, we just get this. Why a fucking rockabilly guy? <laughs> yeah. It's also, um, it's also, the whole Valerie thing doesn't really play that much into it either. Like, this could have been a complete standalone movie. They didn't need to reference. I don't think they really needed to reference any of that. True. I mean, by putting a two on it, I think they probably felt obliged to mention it. But. Uh, I agree. Part three doesn't though, does it? I don't think so. I think part three is just its own damn thing. Yeah, and I think it didn't need to. Like, I don't. I do agree that it doesn't need the rest of it. But yep. it also, like, it's uh, cool to it's, link things It's together, hard but... because at the end, there's another question raised, which is a spoiler to the end. I don't want to jump all the way yep. there, but it also is like, it, it could be that literally the whole damn thing is a dream. Yes. Like, and and I've wondered that. I've wondered uh, that several so times myself. Yeah, and I hate. It's obviously, everybody hates it's all a dream. I mean, like, my sixth grade English teacher was like, I swear to God, if this thing ends with it's all a dream, you're going to fail. You (laughs) know, like, and that that is a sentiment that continues (laughs) up into, you know, writing professional scripts, let's say. Um, And I don't know. This is why I wanted to find that director's interview. Or hopefully there might be a director's commentary where they might spill some beans on this. Yeah. If it's not one of those director's commentaries where they don't spill beans, which I hate. Ugh. Yeah, there's so there's so many questions. I actually found a copy of this script online, and I almost started reading the script. Oh, neat! I was almost like, "Fuck it, I just need to I need to know what the hell they were thinking." Oh, but, I wonder. I want to look that up. Now. Yeah, it's 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 out there. I think if you just Google it, you yeah, can find the, it. I remember being frustrated. There's a movie I love called um, Yellow Brick Road. I don't know if you've seen that. Nope. But it's a it's a great movie shot in New Hampshire, and uh, I never ever listen to director commentaries. I just don't. I never do those or special features. And I watched the whole damn thing, and the two directors of the movie were just basically, it was all just like, yeah, so they let us shoot on this property, and then we rented this car here, and uh, then we get kicked off of this property, so we had to shoot over <laughs> here. And it was just like, but I want I want you to answer this. And this scene really works, because like, you don't see much of the stuff happening. I was like, no, tell me what. Tell me what tell you were thinking exactly, in the movie. Exactly, they don't discuss this at all. So I'm hoping there's commentary for this and that. So again, this is a call show, so if you do know the answer to this <laughs> and you can recommend me to this. Well, I will definitely say... You should watch the Resident Evil director's commentary because it's very funny. Oh, nice. That might be one of my I favorites. I do like that movie a lot, too. It's it's a great movie. Yep. 
And the director is very serious, and he was married to the star, obviously, at the Mila, time. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. He was married to Mila Jovovich. And he's like talking about lenses, and he's talking about like technical stuff. And Mila Jovovich and uh, Michelle, what's her name, are drunk. Rodriguez. Okay. Michelle Rodriguez <laughs> are like drinking heavily through <laughs> the whole thing. And they're just like, oh, that's where you could see my twat. it's just like this is great and he's trying to keep a straight face and trying to talk technical through the whole thing and they're just drunk and laughing and like whatever the fuck happened there (laughs) maybe my favorite thing anyway the great thing about our podcast compared to other people's is that we never drift off topic it's so true it's (laughs) quality with a k around here guys yeah listen (laughs) all right okay so she freaks out she freaks out She's, uh, this is the, uh, oh yeah. She wakes up in the kitchen, right? Yeah. He's like, I am you, you are me until we go all the way. Yes. Again with the all the way. I mean, and I think this is just a shitty Beatles quote with some other stuff in it as opposed to them actually. Right. Exactly. Like, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, it means anything. I just never. I want to say there's some big meaning to the go all the way thing in this. Oh, there, absolutely there is. Which is I which mean, is something I never noticed until watching it the three times before this, I watched it. I mean, it for this, literally, yeah. her fear is this is like a floodgate of all the bad things that could happen. Yep. You know, like, it, it, 100%. God, I hate to talk like film school shit, but, <laughs> but seriously, this is legitimately what they were going for. I mean, there's no question in my mm-hmm. mind that her having sex is the floodgate that breaks loose all of these terrible things that she doesn't and know what they all could the be. Yep. Exactly. She, it's all the questions that you would have about what happens afterwards. Am I going to get pregnant? There's STDs. What does it mean? Uh, so I am you and you are me until you go all the way. R- well, so is he the unknown right now? Is he I, the not exactly. I mean, out in the world? Yeah, I think he's just the unknown. And then when it actually happens, this, that's her. That's the nightmare scenario of what would happen afterwards. And okay, class. Last week we analyzed uh, Igmar so Bergman's Seventh Seal. Today we're going to cover Slumber <laughs> Party Massacre 2. I'm sorry, but it's 100% true. I guarantee that all of this shit is 100% intentional metaphor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I want to talk about this like any other stupid yeah. movie, but I feel like all of this stuff it's is hilarious. very intentional. I never, th- I never think of, I, I never look that deep into things, so it's just cracking me up that you I'm sorry. see this kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry. It took so many film crit classes. I actually have a fucking film degree and I don't <laughs> notice this shit. <laughs> oh, God. Good yeah, times. Uh, so yeah, she wakes up with the mother of all hangovers. Because they, <laughs> because they drove her crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hangover that made her insane. Yep. And she also drank, a, as they put it, a whole case of French champagne. I hope she didn't drink an entire case of French champagne. I think they herself. all did together. Okay. It was a group effort. Because they're and also they, they spilled a lot of it on the floor. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> so they're out by the pool. Yep. And... And she's got the hangover. And TJ, hey, I've got the perfect cure for a hangover. <sighs> and douchebag pulls her up, starts squeezing her and rubbing her, and then just chucks her into the damn pool where she sinks like a rock. She <laughs> sinks like a rock. It's it's her zero fat content. She literally just hit the it's bottom. Right. <laughs> she was like, and then everybody just stands there looking at her. Wow, she's totally drowning. Yep. Neat. Until, I don't even think it's Matt that saves her. I think it's TJ's friend. 
jumps in. Yeah, the the guy that looks like a lawyer. Yes. Yeah, yeah that guy that looks wicked out of place at oh, this yeah. party. So non-Valley Boy lawyer Bob hops yeah. in and pulls her out. And uh, she's fine. She's fine. Dude, TJ's like, uh, what was that? How's your headache? Yeah. <laughs> So, how's your headache? He does say sorry when she's on the ground. <laughs> sorry, babe. How's, <laughs> sorry, I almost drowned you. Uh, so then she goes in to take a nap. And that's when um, Amy comes in, or Sally comes in, and sets up for our cool zit scene later on. Yes. Where she talks about how she's been wanting to go home because she's got a zit on her face. It's driving her nuts. And Courtney's like, I don't see anything. She's like, it's there. Lurking. It's there, right there. And then, yeah. And then she's like, wait, the boys are serving lunch out by the pool. <laughs> Boys are serving lunch up by the pool. I can't believe it. Boys serving lunch. Yeah. Uh, which is, uh, oh, another uh, gender role reversal. Of course it is. Ah, I just picked up on that. Yep. I've got I've got a future in this film analyzing <laughs> stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I didn't I didn't see a future in film crit, but uh, <laughs> here it is. Here we are. Here we are. Finally, all Talking my dreams about are fine cinema every week. <laughs> <laughs> to tens of people. <laughs> tens of person. Someone has uh, it wrong once since we started. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, uh, so, so uh, TJ and his girlfriend are reading a smutty novel that she stole from... Her pervert brother. Her pervert brother. Uh, and Courtney eats a human hand on a roll. Yep. She hallucinates that her burger <laughs> is a bloody hand. I love this line, too. <laughs> so she screams, throws her sandwich, and everyone's like, oh, what happened? She's like, my burger's weird, weird. <laughs> he's like i don't know looks like the normal kangaroo meat to me yeah lawyer bob lawyer bob that's with, his that's his that's his, with that's the his funny bringing the funny <laughs> yeah it looks like maybe, the normal kangaroo meat to me maybe a little too much ketchup maybe a little too much ketchup <laughs> yeah um but yeah my burger's weird perfect delivery yeah of a stupid good. line i love it she's i mean it's it's very clear why she's the breakout of this movie. She mm-hmm. is awesome. Yep. She is very good. Honestly, all the actors are good. Everybody's TJ. TJ sucks. TJ sucks. I mean, honestly, he just, the way that he delivers his valley lines, like I can't even do them credit because they're so poorly valleyed. Yeah. He's just like, he doesn't it's a, it's a get car, it. It's a cartoon character. It, it, it's not a valley boy. It's a complete parody yeah. of a valley boy. Yes. It's like when you're making fun of a valley boy, but he's actually doing that. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's bad. Um... And like so, you watch Valley Girl, and it's like, yeah, those that that's awesome, that's perfect, right? This no. <laughs> so we get to another band practice where they're they're sitting and they're laying on the ground. The two boys are laying on the ground watching yep. the thing. Like they're they're like, yay, band practice, and they play their whole song. And so, my note here says Sally may not be a drummer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fun fact: after they get back later on, Sally actually does drum, and you can tell that she's not. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because when she gets back from the party after the thing, she gets a... It's just like, yep. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, I mean, my my elbows hurt watching her play. I was just like, oh, God, that, like, stiff arm hitting the (laughs) snare. When she had to play that, there was, like, this one little drum roll in there that she had to hit. Yeah. And she just did it full, full elbows. And I was just like, oh, God, I'm getting carpal tunnel watching you play. Um, (laughs) And then... uh, Oh, yeah... And in the middle of it, there's a car wash montage. Yes. What the fuck was that about? Skin. Oh my god. That's the that's Playboy. It? That's the Playboy playmate who Wouldn't... didn't agree to the nudity, but they're like, "Hey, can we put you in a bikini and spray you with water?" Oh my god. <laughs> wow. Yep. <laughs> that's uh, that's 
that's a Concord compromise. <laughs> that's good stuff. <laughs> um, so more porn book that he's he's reading. TJ's trying to turn on Sheila. With TJ's the, reading porn in that voice, like it's like Gilbert Godfrey. Thought and moved on up <laughs> to a love cave. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, yeah, his voice is like fucking fingernails on a chalkboard. Yeah. Like, legit. It honestly didn't bother me that much. Oh, you, it, you, 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 you were. You I may be, I may be extra killed, sensitive to this guy for some reason. Team killed TJ over here. I am 100% team killed TJ. I mean, he sucked, but he's, he's still enjoyable to me. Ooh. Oh, he drove me nuts. He's, he's a shit character, but he's fun. Um, and then. I like him. Chicken Attack! Chicken Attack is fucking awesome. Chicken Attack <laughs> is awesome. This is. It's funny how many movies had this trope. I'd love a super cut of like all the movies that have a chicken coming to life, chicken or turkey coming to life. There's this, there's Tales from the Dark Side, the Yattering and Jack episode. Yep. Um, House 4 had Brian House James' four. head on a turkey. Not yep. so much a chicken attack, but. That's uh, <laughs> true. That was, I mean, I'm there's. Just, also, you, put, you put me on a chicken attack spot. Holy Trying to come shit. up with the best I can. <laughs> yeah. I mean. <laughs> Obviously, Poltergeist. Yep. Um, my shirt. <laughs> oh, oh my God! I'm wearing a Poltergeist shirt. What am I? Am I wearing a Poltergeist? Shirt? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, yeah. So, but this is very cool. Chicken attack. Yes. It's so it, the, the so the dead chicken flies out of the fridge, starts strangling her, <laughs> and spurting out this gross black tar out of its neck. It still has the neck on this chicken. Too, yes. And it's just <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Yep, pretty. She screams. Pretty gross. Her friends run in, and there's just a plain chicken on the floor. There's a, there's like a butter ball in a like it's in plastic, right? Oh, was it? I thought I, it was just. I don't. For some reason, I remember it being wrapped. Okay, I thought it was just not wrapped on the floor. Oh, but either way. way, either way, it's, it's just, an awesome chicken. It's attack. not. It's not a squirming chicken. Yep. Um, Michael Jackson had a music video with dancing chickens, I think, <laughs> in Moonwalker. Really? I could be wrong. Wow. That's During the Leave Me Alone segment. Oh, my God. Oh, that movie. <laughs> uh, so good. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't hold up after that documentary. I yes, didn't watch that. <laughs> good job. <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> on not watching that. Uh, okay, so she's like, oh, your hallucinations will go away if you take a hot bath. Yep. <laughs> so she goes upstairs for, for a hot bath. A strangely no nudity bath. And Sally sits in the fucking living room writing yet another abysmal song. Oh, it's so good, man. The lyrics are beyond, beyond. I want a beyond. lot of things that my money can't buy, but all I want is it's a pie a, in the sky. But I want most all of all. All I want is a pie in the sky. Pie in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> And she said earlier too, she's gonna be rich and famous in all the movies and music videos once she writes that. Perfect once she writes song. that song with the pie in the skylines. So y'all keep your radio tune turned up. And you keep your ears peeled for, I, for pie in the sky. Pie in the sky by Sally. Um, <laughs> Sally's it face. <laughs> so this is where she has the amazing bloodbath. Yep. She's like, she's like taking her bath. And like blood starts pouring out of the thing. She hears the chuckling of the the rockabilly guy. Mm-hmm. Um, she jumps out of the bathtub. She runs to the door, and then really cool, like blood just. Well, I, li- I, I liked it because, like, I thought that was gonna be the end. Like, she got out of the bloody yeah, tub, yeah. ran out back, shut the door. She's like, "Okay, I got all that madness behind me." Yeah. But then, yeah. out from the bottom of the door, the blood flows. She freaks, really nice. runs downstairs, uh, hits up pie in the sky, uh, <laughs> tells her to come upstairs for that, 
And once she gets there, Sally finds out that the, the water faucet's just running and flooding the entire bathroom. So she shuts it off. They have a talk. And then we get the infamous uh, zit this scene. This is... This is the most Nightmare on Elm Street part of this movie. It's really, like, legitimately looks like Screaming Mad George stuff. Oh, it's- yeah. And this movie definitely fits into that vibe of, like, this Nightmare on Elm Street, um, Prom Night 2 and 3. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those crazy supernatural wisecracking killer yeah. kind of movies there. Yep. yep. And it's perfect. Uh but yeah, so she starts talking about the zit on her face, and she's just and Courtney's like, yeah, yeah, the zit. But then she looks, and she's like, whoa, and, and it's huge and gross, and her face is deformed. Cuts back, cuts back again, and, and it's, it's she's enormous. Just, it's like half her. She's face like a trauma a, monster. Yeah. Yep, and uh, legit trauma. And monster. the zit just pops and starts covering her in yellow pus, <laughs> and just keeps spraying. So and gross. It's fucking foul. It is. It is amazingly disgusting. Yep, it's so good. It is. Yeah, for I this remember. Movie. I remember the first time I watched this. I was in high school, and that scene bothered me a lot too because I had horrible acne, and I was always popping zits, and that was just like, <laughs> oh no, that was like such a fear of mine. There, like I remember, I just had this like zit that was probably like the size of a fucking dime, and that was my, it was like right on my cheek, and that was like You're- the first, that was my driver's license photo when I passed oh. my test. I had this, <laughs> this giant ass freaking cyst of a zit oh on my, my face. Oh my god! And, and then it took over your face and your entire head yep. exploded. And now I am cis-head. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so. Pusser of the night. Um, but yeah, so she runs downstairs and meets up with Matt, I think. Yeah, and then in- all of the all of the boys come back upstairs. Yeah. And screams that Sally died. Yes. Uh, now, this is the part that I have a problem with. When all of the boys are upstairs? All the boys run upstairs to see Sally died because yes. she said that. And Sally's missing. So we're like, oh, okay, shit's getting real now. Somebody's, somebody's zip popped up. They, they freaking vanished. And he finds blood on the faucet, which is real weird. I didn't remember that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, literally, uh, I think it's Matt. He's, like, standing in the background, and he runs his finger across the faucet, and he looks at it, and it's got a tiny splotch, of, little splotch of blood on it. That could be... And I was like... That could be evidence of our driller coming into the real mean? world. Ooh. Like, I, I couldn't but quite figure out what that meant. But here's the part that bothers me. Let's just skip. Jump. Was was it when TJ said, smoke your head? <laughs> <laughs> They're having the conversation. And he says, smoke your head. Nope. I'll get back to what bothers me, actually. <laughs> so, it does say smoke your head. Um, but yeah, so they, so they go upstairs. They investigate. They can't find her. They go back down in the kitchen. They start trying to work things out. And then they start hearing the garbage disposal. Is yeah. on and it's a really cool sound too. Yes. It sounds like and he's like, oh, maybe just some old bones or something. <clears throat> so they think that Sally is in the garbage disposal <laughs> all of a sudden. Um, so they call the cops. And she's the, a slight lady, but I don't think she'd fit in. Oh uh, yeah, the cops come and and then we get one of my hugest pet peeves here in horror movies. Yes, the the I don't know what you call it the commemorate the homages to names we get freaking officer Kruger and officer Voorhees yes oh fucking no <laughs> no oh um, uh, yeah and then a bunch of other a bunch of other names are in this too they changed the neighbors names from the first movie to the Cravens um oh, Sheila's yeah. last name is Bates uh Sally's name is Sally Burns after um the burning Marilyn Burns oh. who played who played Sally in Texas Chainsaw. Yep. Like there's so many of these stupid homage names crammed into this that are just unnecessary and they take you right the fuck out yeah, of the movie too. Yeah, they do. Too. If uh, if you're not a huge horror fan, you wouldn't even notice it. 
but it's just but like it, it definitely like yeah exactly officer Voorhees and officer, officer Voorhees Kr- and officer Kruger, Kruger that's yeah. it I'm gonna call this in hello Sergeant Romero we got some crazies over here yeah please send in Deputy Hooper yeah oh my god <laughs> and uh, what's Stephen and um, uh, Kingley doing tonight <laughs> yes uh, yeah so but, they come um, yeah it's so stupid and and they're trying to say that she was in the garbage disposal and crazy shit's happening and then Sally actually comes back yes she had just ran to the store for some oxy 10 and then apparently the wound up fucking some dude didn't she fuck him I she was like just, I, I met this with him. I met this bodacious guy and then well <laughs> so uh, I, okay. I was like uh really yeah legitimately you just like saw some dude at the grocery store and banged him that's what it sounded like to me so my problem with this big ass scene though is after this scene is that Sally uh, Courtney ran away after Sally's zit blew up. Yes. Screaming downstairs. Okay. Sally never came after her best friend that went screaming down the stairs. Everybody else came up the stairs. Nobody intercepted <clears throat> Sally on her route. That's the only way downstairs. She jumped out the window. Yeah, exactly. There's only like, one I gotta circuit. get some Oxy-10! So even if Sally didn't go after her friend and went to her room to change or something, like, wouldn't if she had seen everybody in the bathroom being all like, what oh, is yeah, this yeah, going yeah. on upstairs? There's no way no. Sally got out of that house without no, anybody that, noticing. 100% that is either magic, like as far as just like, this is part of the supernatural shit that's going on. Yep. Or, I don't Zit know. Zit magic teleportation. Yeah, I mean, but it just it just because we don't, me so much like because we also don't know when she died, do we? She could have she could have already been dead, and that could have been the hallucination. But unless no, but, she dies later on. Yeah, Sally well, gets drilled through the phone. Oh, that's true. No, I nope. was just saying that maybe her death was the hallucination, like, and that the the driller killer is making them see this thing as her coming back so that it fixes things, but. It also doesn't make sense with her having sex. So yep. it has, nope, she nope. has to have sex before the nobody dies till till they go all the way in in uh, implied penetration. Yes. So this is oh yeah, I wrote down the quote from the cops. <laughs> if you jerk my chain in my town, I'll rip your <laughs> lungs out. I like that. Um, so everybody's like, uh, we're gonna go get some food. Because you guys are crazy and yep. we don't want to be around you, crazy person. So they all take off and leave Courtney and Matt by, by themselves. themselves. Yep. Matt has brought a birthday cake with him. He whips that out of somewhere. From somewhere. And so he's like, hey, happy birthday. And puts this like cake with on like the 40, 45 candles burning brightly on the bed. On a mattress. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah. And, and this then is, they have sex, essentially. They start to, but it's coitus drilleruptus. Right. Ha! <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> uh, so this is where this is where we were talking about earlier, uh, even before we started this podcast. We were just ruminating on this. Yeah. That this is where the killing starts when they've gone all the way. Yep. Her sister in the mental home in the dream vision warns her, "Don't go all the way." Yes. The driller killer says that. Yes. Once she does, driller killer pops up into the real world and drills his drill guitar right through Matt's chest. Yep. And uh, shit gets real now. Yes. Meanwhile, as this is going on, uh, everybody else is coming back in from getting dinner. 
and picks up their instruments and just starts playing. Uh, it's implied they're kind of drunky. drunky yeah, league. they're just sort yeah. of drunk playing. This is where you actually hear Sally play the drums, and it's just like it's totally somebody that doesn't play drums. Yes. <laughs> dunk, dunk, dunk! I hit every one drum one time with each stick in a symbol. Yeah, I do love her pink drumsticks though. Those are really yeah, dope. yeah. Except that they leave like all sorts of shit on your cymbals, which is kind of a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they're. I remember they're your doing... pink stick phase you went through. Oh my god! <laughs> I actually think I did have. I remember I had like Tommy Lee sticks, and they mm-hmm. were like I think they were red, or they had like red tips on yep. them. They were really weird. They were gigantic. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's Tommy Lee for you. Whoa! Hey yo! Hey yo! Um, okay. So after that happens, yeah. she runs downstairs and stops her friends playing and says, "There's the killer here." And they're like, oh, whatever. Uh, again. What and then the killer shows up instantly afterwards. Yep. And they're like, And hops Whoa. down the stairs. And they're like, oh, shit. And he's got this ridiculous guitar with the drill on it. Again, pointing towards the fact that originally the plan was that he was a heavy metal guy as opposed to a rockabilly guy. Yeah. The, the, the guitar is complete heavy metal. Like, I mean, it's, it's like, you know, Blackie Lawless wishes he had this guitar. Like, it's a real... 80s like wasp looking guitar i wonder if they did try to make a metal guitarist at first and it just wasn't funny because this this whole elvisy rockabilly <laughs> guy it works it does it totally some, works it, and his dancing and everything like that whole like <clears throat> blue, that drunken texas blues bar kind of dancing that he I does like i can't imagine the metalhead doing that, that. Like, you think that it does <laughs> for me it seems insane like it seems legitimately insane when i watch i this. love it that works perfect for me. I mean, I, what would again, the metalhead do? I, like, I, I mean, honestly, I would have imagined that they would have hired like Michelangelo, uh, the Batten or whatever his name is, and just like had him like soloing constantly, mm-hmm. just like everywhere he went and like, posing and you know those sorts of things. I just think that I just think they they couldn't. I don't know what you would do for a metalhead attitude that would work the same way as this guy's cool swagger. Oh, but, uh, again. What happened here? I am so glad this happened. Like uh-huh. I'm so glad that they went this route. Yep. I just can't imagine when they were making it convincing other people that this made sense. At least <laughs> at least in the 80s you had the satanic panic and you yeah. could have been like, "Oh, he's a demon because he plays heavy metal music." So there's some connection to something. Having him just be fucking like Andrew Dice Clay Elvis is like who dances? <laughs> That, and why? And I wonder, but I, but I genuinely wonder if you're right that they they plan to have a metalhead because it that would be the satanic be. metal, and that guitar was made for the metalhead character, and they just didn't change it. Like you think it maybe would have like you know some flames on it or some rockabilly kind of stuff, but no, it's just yeah. a it's just a red spiky guitar with silver spikes and the drill. Like nothing about the guitar says <laughs> red. Uh, rockabilly at all exactly if they'd done it with a stand-up bass yep and he couldn't get <laughs> he through the door tr- sometimes <laughs> <laughs> the drills on the end is, it's got like the little padding so he can stand on it but he can't get it up the stairs oh and there'd be two of them and the other one like they do that thing where he jumps and stands on the bass and the other little guy drills too <laughs> oh man this <laughs> would have been would have been I a different see, movie i want to see the guitar player driller killer brainstorming session where, they, where they're all absolutely like, yeah I would love to know where this came from. Yes. Because it is, it is legitimately, it seems to me, like I said before, it seems like this is something so specific to the person who wrote this movie. Yes. Where she had a fear, I think, of John Travolta from Greece 
And it, something about that traumatized her. And she was like, <laughs> fuck it. This is the scariest thing I can think of. Is I, John Travolta from Greece. I wish she was afraid of you, <laughs> Eugene. And Eddie Deason was the killer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. <laughs> oh, oh yes, let's buzz. <laughs> let's buzz. I would have, oh. I would have paid real good money to see yeah. Eddie Deason in that role. Yeah. Uh, but, but speaking of that role, Eddie Deason's like, oh, subscribe. subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> love Did the somebody safe role. Uh, I do love. Eddie I love Deason. the Deason. Oh my god. Uh, but. <laughs> But this guy is super talented. That's what's so crazy. Yeah, he's, he's great. a really good dancer. He's a really good. He's got. He's very compelling. He sells it so much. He sells this insane role to the nth degree. Like every single moment with him, you're just like, oh, I'm following this guy. It's a blast to watch. It is. It absolutely is. And this, again, I can't say this enough. It's fucking nuts. Yeah. This this movie is totally a go to for my wife and I at our house. Sometimes like, man, and I'm gonna compare it to something else funny. That like, another another huge go to is The Shining. Oh, well, it, I see. So it's a game, babe. You want to put on The Shining for the hundredth time, or Summer Pretty Master Two for the hundredth time? I really thought you were gonna say something like Mighty Ducks. Yeah, nope. <laughs> that was that was my guess. Nope. But uh, yeah, I can see that. I mean. <laughs> It, this movie is great, uh, but yeah, he 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 exudes so much fun, and yeah. so he ends up killing uh, Sally first. Um, everybody gets so everybody gets away. TJ yes. gets his leg cut up, and you're just like, oh, can't you just fucking just finish the job? Just finish it. <laughs> but he gets away, and yeah. poor Sally's stuck behind her drum set. Yeah, she's like, oh, and she tries to get away. And then we have a really cool kill that I love because um, Courtney and Matt are on the other side of the the wall. Yeah, and they grab the phone trying to call the cops. <clears throat> And then Sally gets the drill through her on the other side, and we see the drill go right through the phone, demolishing the phone. And it's just like, that's perfect. Yes. You took out the first victim. You took out the phone to call the cops all at the same time. Yeah. they. <laughs> that's the thing about the drill in this thing, too, is that they something is kind of funky with it. Because it never like seems to go straight through stuff. Every time it goes through the floor, it goes. Blah, 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 blah. Oh yeah, <laughs> like like somebody waggling a dildo or something. Uh, yes, it is. It is. It's a wobbly drill. It is a very wobbly drill. Um, it symbolizes male insecurity of of being virile at the right moment. <laughs> Probably something like that. Yep. <laughs> now I'm on board with you. All right. Awesome. Let's get there. Um, so, yeah, uh, where are we at? We're at, oh, this is when Courtney calls the cops, right? Or tries to. R oh, no, no, no. This is when TJ actually gets killed. No. Right? What? Oh, no, they no. make a, they make they a break make for a, the they car. They make a break for it. They, they get out, they get out, they get yeah. outside. Uh, and this is the most hilarious thing. Yeah, it's three of them. Two of the guys and, uh, or no, Courtney and, who cares? Yeah, the the, there and are and three the, of them and they three. all get in the front seat. And they, and they want to they make a break for it. But the car keys are left back inside. So I love this part. So it's Lawyer Bob. He sneaks inside and he gets the keys. He noticed Sally's dead. He's like, oh, shoot. And then he goes and he checks the front door to see if the killer's there. So he opens the door slowly, looks out, and he's like, he's not there. Poof! He slams the door. And he's like, okay, guys, let's go make a break for it. Three, two, one! And then they bust out to do a run. Like, he totally gives away his position when he's trying to be stealthy. Yes. 
Yes. Not the brightest. Lawyer Bob is not the brightest. They jump in the car. They have the horror movie cliche of the car won't start, which is... And why? Come on. Well, again, was it that that cliche at this time? Because we are talking yes. about 87. Yeah, still, still is. Still, still is. It was a cliche in the 70s. I always kind of wonder that when we talk about these things. Like, they get that cliche thing where, well, maybe this was the movie that was the first I to feel, do it. I feel like that came out in the 70s. That, yep. Like, the cliche of the non-starting car. The non-starting suspense. car evolved into the no cell phone reception <laughs> what i feel like the in uh, modern movies for me in this movie the calling the cops trope was the the cell phones locked in a drawer thing for this movie yeah where it's like oh we called the cops and now they don't believe us so now we can't that's how you explain the fact that there are the phones everywhere yep and they and can't they, call they won't come back because yep. they think that you're hoaxing them like that was gotcha. the that was the fixing it like cell phone fix for me so they do get the car to start, and they start driving away, and they're all in the front seat, and that's where our, our driller pops up in the back. I forgot with, what he with says. With a rose behind his with ear. With a rose behind his ear, And he yeah. says, this is dedicated to the one I love, and, <laughs> and impossibly <laughs> drills the driver through the chest. Uh, when you think about that, his guitar is It was a station wagon. Long. Yeah. Maybe the, maybe the seat was down. It would have had to be. So you you didn't see any guitar in the back seat of the car. The guitar was not there. They could you not have done. You didn't see him in the back seat. You, you didn't did see, see him in the back seat. Well, I mean, no, no, no. Okay, so here's my question. Yeah. Do you think if someone had gotten in the back seat, they would have found him back there, or does he poof in like a ghost again? Because unanswered. For some reason, all three of them get in the front seat, whereas probably in any real situation, two of them would have gotten in the back. Yep. You know. You don't want to be all clustered together when someone's nope. attacking you no. with a with a weapon like that. Yep. <laughs> you just take you all out with one drill. <laughs> so that does happen. I, I don't remember how that scene pans out. Uh, he, he just basically stops the car at a stop sign as he's dying. <laughs> and then the two girls get out. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I couldn't like when they have crashed. Oh, yep. That's funny. They get out and they run off. And so now they're running in one direction and TJ and his girlfriend are running in the other direction. Yes, they're running to the neighbor's house. And so we, so now we're following the TJ and the other girl. Uh, TJ is yep. wounded, yep. and she's kind of dragging him along. And then we get this this shot that's super crazy. They finally find a, a house that has lights on, and they're pounding they're on the door, yep. like, oh, let us in, let us in, let us in. And then the camera just... Evil deads it, dude. Evil dead straight <laughs> at them, just like a thousand miles an hour. <laughs> and he gets killed. She gets wounded. Yep. So she runs back to the house where Sheila and Courtney are also back at that. Not Sheila. Um, Amy and yes. Courtney are back yep. at the house. Uh, and they've, they're, they've they're barric- barricaded. They're barricaded themselves upstairs. Yeah. TJ gets finally, <laughs> finally <laughs> yeah. eviscerated. Um, and Not yeah, as they, violently as he deserved. But no. It's fine. <laughs> you, <laughs> as I, long I as he's dead. You, you would have preferred it if the driller just kept. Poking the <laughs> corpse for another 10 for another minutes 20, outside. 20, 25 minutes. We didn't even cut away. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the neighbor, uh, this stupid neighbor pops out the door, the house they're banging on. And he just like does the most weakest look around. And he's like, kids, <laughs> shuts the door. Damn teenagers. Damn kids. Yep. Uh, so yeah, so Sheila gets back to the house. She's, uh, the makeup effects for the wounds in this look fantastic. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, Sheila's got like a giant gash on her leg there. And yeah, and or uh, arm. I mean, yeah, yeah. And she sells it too. She's she's dragging it. Yep. She's really she's like falling against the wall, and it leaves a, the yep. biggest arm length blood streak. Like. She's she's definitely committed to her injury. Yep. 
And so the killer ends up getting into the house and sees her going upstairs, looks at us at the camera, and she goes, this is going to be fun. Yeah. And it kicks into a music video. It sure does. Yeah, just it's a straight up fourth wall break. If you thought having a ghost, maybe a ghost, uh, rockabilly, driller, killer, guitar player was weird enough. Now he's also a singer and 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 has his own theme song. He has his own song about buzzing and killing. That's buzz. That's buzz. Uh, and, and he starts doing the most badass dance so he's like this is gonna be fun he takes a sip of uh champagne he lights a cig behind his ear and then he and starts even break dancing when he hits the lights yeah. like red and green like stage lighting yeah, pops yeah, yeah, yeah. up <laughs> <laughs> and wow. it is so fun it is it is uh, yeah it's it's amazing he starts slowly stalking sheila who's walking slowly through the house bleeding while dancing and singing this song called Let's Buzz. This movie seriously makes me feel like I'm insane. Yeah. Like, watching this with the rest of the movie, it's just like, I think I'm losing my mind. And right before he kills <laughs> Sheila upstairs, uh, he does this butt shuffle where he shuffles oh his my. butt coming right at us, turns around, does some badass pelvic thrusts. Well, and he literally, it's like the song is like, bum ba da ba da ba da ba da Yeah. Kill. <laughs> yeah. It's just like it winds up to an ending, and then like the last flourish is him Drill. like driller killering. And it's perfect. Driller killering. Driller killering. <laughs> it's so good. It is. <laughs> I, I mean, I I can't imagine how one thinks of something like and this. And again, I know we're preaching to the choir here. I'm, I, I mean, of every, course, everybody's of course, seen anybody, this. anybody that's into this. <laughs> Knows, but it, it is still just like. But if you haven't, and you've been listening to us this long, like you, you must, gotta see this movie. You must really think that this that we're insane. And you love spoilers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, honestly. So, uh, okay, so now he's breaking down the door with the drill. Yep. He pushes through, and it's it's again doing the wobbly drill yeah. thing. <laughs> um. And then they're like they break out. They must have gotten out the window. We they don't, go out the window. Yeah. We don't really know. I don't think. I don't think. Yeah, I saw they kind them. of just do a cut to the roof. Yeah, they just cut to the roof. To the roof. Well, all we got left is Amy and Courtney, and he's legitimately standing on the highest eve of the roof, playing a guitar solo, smoking a cigarette, <laughs> yes. just like not chasing them, like giving them a lot of leeway, like watching them escape, like watching them get. Two house lengths away. Well, he's just like, oh yeah, guitar solo, <laughs> and then then he starts chasing them. Yep. And this is what I was talking about <laughs> earlier with the the set piece is fantastic because it is this housing development. It's like you know cul de sac of yep. houses that aren't finished yet. So they're running on finished roofs and they jump across some plywood beams and they get into the and they start running through a half constructed house and everything like this. Well, um, the driller killer is chasing them or not chasing them, but teleporting because he's he is the definitely dr- teleporting the drills are point. coming in from left and right and they're only hitting amy they're just like take a little slice here take a little slice there right while she's chasing them well i mean they they run around a corner once they get down onto the onto the ground mm-hmm. they run and then he's standing there he takes a swipe at her and just takes one little chunk out of her shoulder or something and he's like oh i can't get, get no satisfaction <laughs> Eventually, they get up high, and uh, Amy takes a corner too fast and ends up getting drilled and falls off the building. Yes. So now we're only left with Courtney, our 
Yep. Our lead girl. Yeah, because she, I mean, Courtney was like holding her hands, right? Wasn't she? Wasn't yeah. she trying to keep her from falling and then something happened? Something happened. Maybe yeah, a drill she, slice. Some, yeah. Either way, Amy. Yep. And then now this, <laughs> this chase with Courtney, this last chase mm-hmm. that ends the movie, it goes and it'll just be like crazy, yeah. crazy little music. <laughs> and they're going around, crazy music. And then it'll be like quiet. Oh boy, okay. Woo. Everything's fine. And it's <laughs> comedy timing. It is oh, yeah. intentionally comedy timing. It's perfect. <laughs> What's happening? So eventually we get we get to the final standoff where Courtney has found a uh an, a ga- an like air an, compressor, a gas like an oxyacetylene torch, basically. Sure. Uh she's got a sparker and she's got a gas tube yep. kind of tank thing. And she's setting up for the final powder. Now here's where they're going to talk and we're going to find out exactly where this guy is from and why he's doing this and what his motive is and what is he and where did he come from? We're going to learn everything. And so he says, come on, baby, light my fire. (laughs) Oh, I will. (laughs) She sparks the thing. Gives it's a great shot of her yes. face, all yep. crazy psycho. Yep, <laughs> blow torches him. He catches on fire. He falls off the building. <laughs> He's done. And that is it. There's no no fake out. No nothing. I was just joking about that whole talk it out and figure out where he's from. We we that doesn't never, happen. Never hear a goddamn thing. He and, falls. And fire just kills him. It's it reminded me a lot of the ending to the movie The Car. <laughs> where where they shoot at the car, nothing happens. They try crashing the car. The car crashes itself and gets mangled, and then just disappears and comes back. But at the end, they trick the car into falling off a, a, a yeah mountain, and it blows up when it hits the ground. And that's the thing that does it. So so this movie, we also get a mysterious guy that we don't know where he's from, and apparently just setting him on fire was the weak spot. That's it. All you have to do is set him on fire. It's like my weak spot was actually heights. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. fire did nothing. But no, he hates the fire. He burns up. He drops a guitar. He falls off the building. Yep. All uh, that. And and then we we cut to the next day where I guess it's daylight. Yeah, and we and see the Amy. blonde is being taken out on the stretcher. They pull the sheet down over her face or uh, off, off her, her face. face. And she has the voice of the driller killer. Here's where it becomes this like German surrealistic expressionist <laughs> film at the end here. It's really bizarre. So we see Amy laughing maniacally like the killer. Uh, we cut right from that to um, uh, Courtney waking up in bed with her boyfriend, Matt. Yes. And she's like, oh. And all of a sudden we see he's the drill- his hand comes up and he's got the driller killer glove. The smoke machine kicks on. Yep. And he says something to her. I can't recall. Yep, I don't know. And then we cut to an insane asylum where Courtney's in the same mental room kind of thing, like her sister was in. And then it pans back, and it's a dollhouse and the giant of the thing, and the giant floppy dong driller killer comes in at the back. Doctor Caligari, surrealistic Quay Brothers, weird ass looking film shit. But that one, (laughs) the last time the drill comes up through the floor, it's the wobbliest, and and it's the wobbliest. Is the funniest because it's almost like it's saying goodbye. I like that it looks like it's waving to you. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> uh, see you later, folks. Yeah. <laughs> see you Come next again time. for Summer Party Master 3, where we totally go back to normal. Bye. 
Oh, uh, yeah. So is it all a dream? Was she in the institution she in the, the whole time? time? Was she actually her sister? Is, the whole yeah. Time? Was her sister actually dead? Is this just her sister? Yep. What the? Is she Valerie? Fuck? Is it? Yeah. Did they need all that urine on the mattress when they panned past the mattress? <laughs> that was disgusting. They're not a wealthy family. It's very low that is, rent. <laughs> that is a low insane rent asylum. insane asylum. Yeah, that looks like a Resident Evil insane asylum, definitely. And that is the beauty that is Slumber Party Massacre 2. It uh, leaves me with so many questions. Me too. And uh, but there it are no answers. It, there is no answers. We couldn't find any answers, and we'd love to give you some fun facts. Uh, but to me, it's just one of the... It's It's got so much replay value. I oh, can't God, even, yeah. I can't even think of how many times I've watched this. It's one of those movies I distinctly remember renting for the first time because oh yeah, it the, the cover was just the cover's intense. I mean, you've just got three girls in underwear and a crazy rockabilly mm. dude with a giant guitar drill. Absolutely, no it it definitely called to me when it when it was out on when the when I shelves. saw that on the tape. I rented that and I, I rode my bike to the store to get it, and I was just like that whole ride back, like got it like a three mile bike ride back to my house. I was like, <laughs> I cannot wait to watch this, and it blew me away. Like, yeah, I, <laughs> to but, this day I love it. I mean, I was really young when I watched it for the first time, and I was still just like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> like, I, I remember being distinctly, incredibly confused by this rockabilly guy, um, but still loving the movie. Yep. Um, and yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's it's awesome. It is it is one of the most amazingly strange films. To me, of I just I just love Oddball out there. Oh shit! Of course. So you know, like I said, when I first watched it when I was sixteen, this was just like this was everything to me. This was yeah. Like, this doesn't make sense. It's completely fucking wacky. Like there's nothing out like yeah. this out in the market. Like this is this is so neat. That's what I love about it is that movies that are this weird tend to be boring. Mm-hmm. Like a movie that is this surreal and bizarre tends to be some sort of like expressionist movie or like a Caligari or like yep. something that's like a, a kind of drags kind of artsy film. This not very artsy, <laughs> mostly just fucking nutso. And yeah, God damn. What a great movie. Yes. <laughs> so that's that's all I'll say on that on that. Is that this is I, a great movie? I had a good time discussing the subtle subtext. And, I'm and the sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to get metaphorical. I will never do it again. <laughs> I promise everyone. I will try my best to never talk metaphor again. Uh, but uh, it's so difficult. <laughs> I can't wait to watch the documentary all about this called Room 1987. Where oh, they... <laughs> yeah, they're going to interview me, and I'm going to explain what. And you every... see the director's face in the clouds in oh, the beginning. Yeah. Like there's so many. <laughs> okay. <laughs> God damn it. I'm, I didn't want to do this. The bathtub, the fucking shampoo bottle that looks like a dick right behind her. God damn it. There are so many of these things. I, I didn't There are that. so many. <laughs> damn it. I don't want to talk about it. I'm not going to get into <laughs> metaphors on this movie anymore. Uh, but it's amazing. This will be Matt's last podcast. Like this- he, he spent every minute since this just watching this on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> But wait. But what does this mean? But wait. But if this means this, then (laughs) the meat that she's pushing with the fork when they first cut to the dinner scene has to be her pushing her inhibitions over to the... (laughs) Okay. I gotta tell you. I... This is terrible. Okay. So maybe I am insane because when I saw that scene, I was like, this literally has to mean something. Because so much of this shit, like I watched it once and I was like, my God, like all these metaphors seem like kind of like big and, Mm -hmm. and like in your face. And and then I saw that one scene that was like cut into weird, and I was like, like 
what could that be? It's got to mean something. They wouldn't spend so much time showing it, but mm-hmm. it didn't mean shit. It was just uh, trying to show how boring and sad her life was. It, Bland food. It and, meant like, a lot more than that. You just missed it. God damn it. I totally did. Let's press play and watch this again. All right. We're going to go back and we're going to do a second <laughs> podcast that is only about the metaphors in <laughs> the next five episodes of this is going to be this. Oh, I'm so uh, sorry, everyone. All right. I loved it. <laughs> okay. This has been our Summer Party 2 dissertation. It sure has. Uh, <laughs> if you're if you're listening to this in the month of May, which you could be, uh, I'm doing a Kickstarter for Rad Wraith oh, for yes. my comic book. Uh, support uh, it. I it's donated awesome. today. Hey, thanks, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so support that thing. It's a skateboarding slasher comic with absolutely no subtext. <laughs> I took all of the subtext out. And it is just text. I ordered the artist to make I said, no do symbols in the background. <laughs> don't, don't don't make anybody think about anything at all except for the fact that people are getting their faces ripped off. But no, seriously, kids, look up Brad Wraith. Uh, the art the artwork is uh, Christian Dabari. Christian Dabari. He has knocked it out of the park with yeah. the, the pages I've seen so far. He's so good. I know I'm a little biased here. But, and uh, yeah, and it, Simon yeah, Gao, uh, our colorist, absolutely amazing. And check out, uh, follow me at Matt Awkward, VHS Fiend on Instagram, where I'll just be doing the same old stupid shit like showing tapes every day. Uh, at Coast City Comics. And, and Batman and Robbins. <laughs> and at, uh, <laughs> at Funbox Monster Podcast. Thanks, guys. Have See a you good next night. week. Peace. Wow.